Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to stay tuned after today's interview for Holla Back. That's my Q&A where I'm answering questions from my listeners, so be sure to stay tuned. Michelle Promaleko is an award-winning print and digital editor. She is an author and the editorial director at large for The Well. She's in my heart, and she is here to talk about her latest book, Sugar Free, her suggestions on how to best deter cravings, and how she makes a plan for more accessible and sustainable everyday decisions in her life. She's written three books, in fact, Look Better Naked came first, 20 Pounds Younger came second, and Sugar Free 3 is her third. She's been an expert on TV programs from the Today Show to the Dr. Oz Show, Fox News, CNN, The Doctors, Good Morning America, all in between. She's the advisor to several healthy lifestyle brands, and she's in my heart. Michelle, I'm so psyched to have you. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Thanks. I always like when somebody else reads my bio or back, because I'm like, it makes me feel like I've I've done a few things, which, you know, ordinarily I'm like, God, I need to get it together. So thank you for that. Oh my God, I love that. It's a lot of years. Yeah, it's a lot of years. Exactly. Right, right. She she's she looks really great, but she's very, very, very old. (laughs) I'm ancient. I am ancient. No, really. So, but all those things and I love that she says that because it really is humbling. But, you know, what an amazing career. And I got to say, like, as a nod from a a woman, from a chick to a chick, you know, really as an inspiring leader to other women, dealing with women's issues, dealing with girl, young girls issues, dealing with health and image, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. But I want to really just dive right in about Michelle's book, Sugar Free Three. And, you know, it's very informative. I read her book, It's really informative and it has a lot of practical tips. Really, literally no sugar. There's no coconut sugar, no honey, no maple syrup. She only allows stevia and monk fruit, 
Okay. No artificial sweeteners, which I totally agree with. And the plan is very inclusive. Like it allows fruit, it allows nut butters, proteins, veggies, fibers, good carbs, complex carbs versus simple carbs like sweet potatoes and unrefined breads. It doesn't allow chocolate. So you chocolate lovers, but it allows dairy. And it really helps and offers a lot of meal ideas, making the plan very accessible. But I want to jump right in. Why does an editor at large who has so many things to write about want to talk about sugar? So of all of the things that I've learned to do or all the health practices and wellness practices that I've adopted over the years, I would have to say kicking sugar or at least reducing it has yeah. been the most challenging. Yeah. So for me, it was my Achilles heel. And as I started digging in, and I sort of knew this already just from the research I've done in the various places that I've worked, that it's not just my problem. It's a near universal problem. And more than that, it's one of the only things that health experts can agree on has no redeeming value. No redeeming health value. The right. only redeeming quality that sugar has is that it is pleasure producing. Right. It, you know, it acts on the brain. It's, yes. it's associated through memories with things that are enjoyable. And so there's that. And I'm not going to discount that because that's something. Right. From a health perspective, it's nutritionally devoid. Yes. So I decided to write the book that I needed. Yes. And one of the things that I needed, it couldn't be too restrictive. Because anytime I try to do something that's like, you can have these three things, or you have to cut out this entire category of food, it just doesn't work for me. It sets me up for failure because I like to eat. I'd like to go out. I'm in New York. I order in. I can't, until quarantine, did yeah. not cook every meal. Right. Rarely cooked meals, even though I like to cook. Me too. So I wanted a book that would help me kick sugar, help everybody kick sugar, that was doable no matter what the lifestyle, no matter whether you were a foodie or somebody who just like likes to eat three things. Yeah. So that's what I created. So it's really about kicking added sugars, artificial sweeteners, and refined carbohydrates, those things. And by the way, you know, you, you mentioned all the restrictions on the sort of uh, broader range of, of sugars like molasses and honey and things. That's, you know, it's just for the three weeks. So I'm asking people to do three weeks, right. knowing that they're going to feel better, look better, have more energy, get the education that they need to spot these sugars, which is definitely something we should get into. And then they can choose how much, how little, if any, to add back into their diet after the three weeks. I love that. See, I considered it like a sugar detox. When I read it, I was like, this is a sugar detox. And then it's a reset button. Yes. So as in someone who's in the health and nutrition field, you know what I mean? And went to school to, to really get my head around food as fuel. Yes. Food, food as medicine. Food as medicine. Food as fuel. Yes. All of those things. The number one thing that I learned, and, and I literally learned this and I still call it out, was at a website called Sweet Poison. Mm. And I remember years ago, we both share uh, a mutual friend in Dr. Frank Littman. Yes. He was the first integrative doctor I ever went to or saw in my life. And I well, actually- the best. So you went straight to the best. I went straight to the best. And I actually um, credit him with my nutrition degree. Like why I went, he, he really inspired me to go and further educate myself um, about what I was putting into my body. And 
sweet poison was referring to artificial sweeteners, not necessarily pure white cane sugar, mm-hmm. but literally artificial sweeteners like uh, sweet and low. Yeah, so artificial sweeteners are chemical concoctions. They have no nutritional value. Right. They are potentially dangerous. They kind of wreck your microbiome. Yes. They cause you to crave more sugar potentially. So there's really nothing great about something that comes in a colorful packet, unless it's stevia, which also comes in a colorful packet, usually green. <laughs> and it's, it's processed because stevia is a plant. It's a naturally derived sweetener. So it has to get processed to get into that powder or liquid form that you can use it in. But it doesn't impact your blood sugar the same way that artificial sweeteners and added sugars do. Yes. And it does do a lot of the nasty things. It's not to say if you can eliminate it too, because it could potentially trigger you to crave more things. There hasn't really been enough research on that. Then great. But I can't take my coffee without a little stevia. That's how I like it. And so I needed to build this loophole into my book. (laughs) I love that. I can legitimize the loophole because of all the things like that. Well, well, I mean, stevia, it, but by the way, for anybody out there who drinks sweet and low or uses that equal, it tastes exactly the same, stevia. It has an aftertaste that some of those natural sweeteners have. Some people love it. Some people don't, right? I don't really detect the aftertaste of stevia. And, you know, we're all, our palates are all different. Who knows? Yeah, some people yeah. definitely say that. Um, and it may be that I'm accustomed to it, but it is so many more times sweeter than sugar. So you don't, don't need much, you know, little goes a lot. You can grow the stevia plant and take the leaves and put it in your iced tea and like yep. sweeten it that it's way. Sweet, so yep. It's more natural. I use stevia in my all natural health food products for Beyond Fresh. So all organic, all natural. But I know that people who are on a new journey for their health and wellness are not going to drink like a chalky drink or like a green juice right out the gate. They're not going to. So I needed to sweeten my chlorella and spirulina and like really great superfood ingredients. I needed to sweeten them with something. And monk fruit wasn't always, I I do use that. And I agree with you, wasn't always an option in terms of the manufacturing, the process of mixing the product that I needed. And stevia is what I use. And I, I don't like the aftertaste of like sweet, low or equal. And if I use too much stevia, I'll get it. But to any of those people that are using those artificial sweeteners and love them, please make the switch right now to stevia, uh, stevia, because you're not giving up anything, but you're gaining everything. Totally. It's one small change. I think one small change, like that's a great point to make. It's making these incremental changes. And yes, sugar-free three asks you to do you know, a number of things right away with, within this three weeks. But even if afterwards in the maintenance aspect of it, you just take a few of the things you've learned, you're in a better place than when you started. That's right. And that's really the point. I mean, the drink that I'm drinking right now, it's an organic hydration drink, sort of a sports drink alternative. And it might, one of my dearest friends is the co-founder. It's called Halo Sport. And it is truly healthy because it has electrolytes and yes. it has you know, citrus juice and it has a little stevia. Because to your point, the American palate is so adjusted to sweet things that in general, people won't acclimate to anything that doesn't have a little bit of that as a, as a bottom note. A hundred percent. And I'm here to tell you, and I know Michelle's going to back me up on this. When you start to make small changes in your health and nutrition, 
your palate changes. When you start to eat whole foods that come as close to nature as you can get them and stop popping open a bag and eating, you know, the simple carbohydrates and processed food that are made in a lab and GMO, your palate and the way you taste things changes. And so what she just mentioned with her sports drink is it's a healthy alternative to something like Gatorade, which could have upwards to 28 grams of sugar in that bottle. So we are literally like the times have changed. So I want to, I'm going to digress a little bit and go back to like, why is sugar not our friend? You know, what does it do to our pancreas? Why is it making us sick and how we got here? And so I'm going to just share a little bit of my knowledge in that. And then I want to turn it over to Michelle, but we don't cook and eat the way we used to. When your pantry had sugar and flour and baking soda in it, the way that we were cooking our food, we were, we're, we're not killing ourselves with that type of when we were making, preparing foods at home, making home cooked meals, having grandma's cookies that she didn't bake every week, every day rather, but maybe like on Sundays, everything is about convenience. It's about preservation of food. So adding preservatives on to add shelf life to food. We're on the go. Fast food has become a big issue in our lives and everybody wants to make it faster and cheaper. Yep. And we are the victims. The human body is the victim of that unfortunate money game and time game. You are absolutely right. Everything you said, I concur with completely. And Sugar negatively impacts every system of your body, right? It doesn't do anything good for you. It doesn't give you energy. People think that it does. It gives you some quick spike in your blood sugar. It doesn't give you energy. And just to back up a little bit to your point about the palate adjustment that happens when you start reducing it, it's so true. And that adjustment happens pretty quickly. As soon as you start reducing your intake of added sugars, you start appreciating the sweetness of naturally sweet things. Yes. And I also like the point that you made about, you know, grandma's cookies on a Sunday. Exactly. In Sugar Free 3, I actually built in what I call a mindful indulgence. So mm-hmm. once a week, who's ever on the program can choose to have a mindful indulgence off of the not allowed list of foods. That can be chocolate, that can be wine, that can be whatever you want it to be, a piece of pizza. The point is, It's not the mindful indulgence that's the problem and the health wrecker. It's not grandma's cookies on a Sunday that were baked with love that you savored enjoyed, and looked forward to. It's the getting it breakfast, lunch, and dinner when you don't even know you're getting it. Mm -hmm. You don't even know you're consuming it. So one of the shifts that I ask or am trying to make with Sugar Free 3 is more awareness of one, that it's not a harmless substance. It's very harmful. Yep. Dr. Frank Lippman straight up calls it evil. And that, you know, you can enjoy sweet things even more, more. even more without yep. just sort of mindlessly consuming them or unknowingly consuming them. Yes. So it doesn't do you any favors. It's not harm, you know, it's not harmless, you know, adds weight gain. It messes with your brain health. It messes with your skin. It messes with everything. Yeah. And is linked to every chronic disease out there from Alzheimer's to diabetes, you know, type two diabetes and obesity and cardiovascular disease and on and on and on and on and on. Because it's highly inflammatory. So all those chronic diseases are linked to inflammation in the body. So when we're inflamed, our body goes into this kind of like fight or flight, you know, situation, and it is literally attacking some of the goodness in our body or, or our body doesn't even know how to 
really use that foreign substance. So it just puts it, it just leaks it into the body. And when you are uh, consuming huge amounts of sugar, you are constantly in an, in, in an inflamed state. And when you change that just a little bit, and I want to talk about some of the hidden sugars. I want to start there because that was my big aha moment when it came to sugar. And I reduced the amount of sugar that I was intaking by literally opening my refrigerator and opening my cabinets and turning around simple household items and reading the ingredients. Like, I just want you guys to know when you put ketchup on your hamburger, you're putting sugar on your hamburger. 1,000%. And you would never think about putting sugar on a hamburger. You would never think about that. Or you would never think about pouring sugar all over your salad. Yes. So these are great points that you're making because again, it's one thing to go to a friend's birthday party and have a big old piece of cake. Fine. Do it. Another thing to think you're doing something really good and nutritious and wholesome for your body by eating a salad, but you've negated some of that goodness by pouring a salad dressing on it. That's just full of sugar. And it may, uh, may even have its first ingredient as high fructose corn syrup. So sugar is hidden in weird, funky names like that. Like high fructose corn syrup is sugar. There's over 70 aliases for sugar. And in Sugar Free 3, we call them sugar AKAs, also known as, and you know, things that sound healthy like coconut sugar. They still impact your blood sugar in the way that sugar does. Yeah. So... One of the things that I wanted to do with Sugar Free 3 is to promote that ingredient education that you're talking about, to get people and train people and help them because like nobody teaches us this stuff. We don't know how to do it, how to read a label, how to spot the sugar AKAs, how to make better choices. Because the truth is you can eat pretty much anything you want with the exception of a few things maybe just by choosing the healthier alternative that doesn't have all the added sugar. And even chocolate, which, you know, again, on Sugar Free 3 is not not something you're really going to have unless you find one that's, you know, stevia sweetened exclusively. Right. um, Or you have it as your mindful indulgence. But pretty much anything else you can find as long as you know what to look for. Right. And that's what this is about. So in addition to being a book, Sugar Free 3 is also a full video platform on an app called OpenFit. And in that, so you can read the book, you can watch the videos, you can do either or, or you can do both as companions. And there's sort of bonus content in each, but then there's obviously the, the intersection of the core program and the core information. But I walk through how to read a nutrition label I get Carrie Glassman, who's a registered dietitian and a very close friend of mine, and really walk you through the process of spotting these things Mm -hmm. so that, to your point, you can go through your pantry, you can go through your fridge, and next time you go grocery shopping, and also, if you have the app, it's right there for you to refer to, you can just make the better choice. That's all it is, is making better choices. That's right. I I love that, and I think it's so important because, and I I, want to stress that, when someone asks you or encourages you to like diet or restrict yourself with eating or, you know, anything it is, alcohol or whatever it is, is that it's a reset button. It's not sustainable to live your life restricted. Totally. But what is, what is sustainable is to change the choices that I, you know, by changing the choices that I make, like, I mean, I got to tell you, I used to love Doritos. I thought they were the most delicious thing that ever, you know, happened. I'm like, oh, these are just so delicious. I, I like, I, 
they could be in bowls around me and I could be starving and I wouldn't even grab one. They are the worst tasting thing. They taste like cardboard to me now. There's no flavor at all. And that's because I have a clean palate and I can really taste food. I can taste it again versus being covered from it. So to be honest, when I wiped sugar out of my life that was hidden, yeah. So, so I, I didn't realize how much sugar I was having and things like barbecue sauce or meanwhile, I'm buying organic chicken. But, you know, 10 years ago, the barbecue sauce that I was using had high fructose corn syrup in it. So I was buying an organic chicken that I then smothered with chemicals that are going to cause cancer for me and my family. Uh, and it's in, it's in your bread, in your cereal, in literally everything. In the most surprising places, in the least expected places, it's just lurking everywhere. And to your point, it's a mad food scientist issue of not only creating cheap, convenient products that have been ratcheted up to please the you know typical American palate, but yeah, just also training you to eat more of that food. So it's a really vicious cycle because sugar dependence feeds off of itself. The more you have, the more you want. Yep. But the opposite is true too. As you start reducing it, the less you crave it. Yes. And that happens pretty quickly. And that's why I have the three weeks. It happens, honestly, before the three weeks are over. Yep. One of the things I cut out of my life very early, uh, probably in my 20s, and it was all because of image and, and weight image. And I was working in fashion and I knew that I, I, well, I, I wanted, I felt I needed to lose weight, you know, to be part, fit the part. I had come off of my first year in New York City working at Calvin Klein and I gained, it was like worse than the freshman 15 in college. You know, I mean, I just gained all this weight and I knew someone told me like, you got to cut out soda. Like I had been drinking soda at the time. This yeah. is, I'm going back like 20 years ago. That's a big culprit. Oh my God. So soft drinks, aside from your salad dressings, your breads, your barbecue sauces and your condiments, like ketchup and that sort of thing, you have to look and see uh, that it's hidden in, in everything. And, and, and when I stopped soda, it was very quickly that I couldn't drink a soda. When it came time for me to add that back in, if that's what I wanted after I lost the weight or whatever, I could not drink a Coke if you paid me. I couldn't, I, 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 like I was frazzled. Like I, my body went into overload. I actually- It almost, re it almost like rejects it. It from, does. From both a palate perspective and also from just the impact that it has on the way that you feel. Yeah. So even if you're like, I'm, you know, screw it, I'm going to have the soda- and then you just feel like crap afterwards. You're like, I wasn't doing myself any favors. I don't want to feel like crap. No. And you can only drink like this is club soda. But if I had, if this was soda, a full glass, like I would only honestly be able to, to handle that much. I could yeah. take a sip or two and that would be it. And I couldn't drink a whole glass. Meanwhile, people drink six and seven bottles of soda a day, if not more. I always think about those people too, or I'll, I'll be in line, you know, like if I run into a convenience store in the morning and grab a coffee and I'll be in line behind somebody who's clearly on their way to work and they've got, they've got their coffee, they've got their soda and they've got maybe like a snicker bar or candy bar, or they'll have a power protein bar that I know is one that's full of sugar. And all I'm thinking to myself now, because I have the knowledge and I have the information, all I'm thinking is, oh man, this person's baseline is feeling like crap and they don't even know how much better they can feel. Yes. So this is how they're starting their day. And who knows how many 
you know, tablespoons of sugar they put in that coffee. So right there, if they're eating a muffin or they're eating a power bar or they're eat, and they're having a soda, I'm cringing for them just because I know how much better they can feel and starting their yes. day out that way is just, it's just going to decline from that moment. Totally. And, and that's the point. And for me back, in high school and college and whatever soda, I definitely drank soda. It wasn't, I wasn't addicted to it. It was never my thing, but I used to eat all the fat free things that I thought, because that was the trend that I thought were healthy, like bagels, the size of my head and Nathwell cookies and, and other things that were fat free. And I thought, oh, that's great. And they were all simple carbohydrates that basically my body recognized as sugar anyway. I'm glad you brought that up because marketing is a big problem. So science and marketing now together, you know, you guys listening is really uh, working against us on, on an exponential level. And I'll, I'll explain why. And that is because when something is genetically modified in a lab, it is d- d- being done for several reasons. So A, they want to make it cheaper because everything that starts in science started somewhere in nature. Okay, the stem cells started with the plant, right? They and then they figure out a way to make artificial stem cells, right? So everything starts in something that's real, that's natural, right? So then what happens is the scientist says, Oh, well, now I can make this cheese into a powder, right? And I can make it cheaper. And now I can actually add an ingredient that tricks the person's brain that they're satiated, that they're full. So marketing slogans like uh, one should pop, you can't stop, or no one can eat just one, they're real. They're yeah. telling you the truth because right. they- those are, And those are the ones that aren't lying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, actually, you're going to be eating this whole bag, just FYI. You're going to eat the whole bag. But if you have a clean system and your microbiome is, is working well, and that means your gut health is in check, Okay. You won't even be able to eat three of those chips, let let alone a whole bag, right? So our body will work properly when we attend to it properly. It's like a garden. Yeah, your body wants to return to homeostasis, right? It wants to return. And it's constantly trying to recover from these, you know, toxic or unhealthy substances that we introduce it to that cause inflammation and other things. And it's always recalibrating. The problem is... It only has so much energy, just like just like anything, only has so much energy to fight that fight. And yes. so it's, that system starts to break down and, and wear out and, you know, cause illness and, and other things. Yep. So you're, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, nowadays, there are so many more products, even if you need convenience. I mean, the number one choice is always a whole food, fresh produce, you know, if it goes bad, it's good. If it stays good, it's bad. Right. That's <laughs> if you can have it on your you know, kitchen counter for two weeks and nothing's happened to it, there's probably an issue. Yes. You know, it starts rotting after, you know, short period of time. Oh, that was probably a good thing. Yes. So, but even if you can't eat whole food all the time, and most of us can't, most of us need convenience, at least sometimes, there are so many more products now where you can get that. And so it's, again, it goes back to the choices and the education and the awareness. And once you start drilling down on just how sinister some of the duping is, you get pissed and you're like, wow, that food system isn't like, they're not trying to take care of me. They're not trying to keep me healthy. They're actually wreaking havoc on my health. 
health and they're doing it knowingly because all the science is there now. It's not like we don't know. Maybe decades ago, we didn't know. It was nascent information, but now we know how damaging it is. Yep. And yet food companies are still doing it, obviously, for profitability, which isn't to say there aren't great food companies. And it's not to say that some of them aren't turning and pivoting. Well, what makes them turn and pivot, just like in the beauty industry, is consumer demand. Thank so the you. Consumer demand will dictate whether the company changes what they're doing. So you've got to be your own advocate and vote with your dollars and your choices for the things that are healthier. I'm so glad that, that you mentioned that because it does count. You know, every little purchase that you make and every choice that you make does count to the greater good of, you know, the, the entire community of the earth, really. Absolutely. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I want to just round back to say that we are inundated with sugar to a point that we don't even know. And we think we're making healthy choices and we're making choices that are actually hurting us and being harmful to us. And we don't know. So with Michelle's book, Sugar 3, with making one small change, first of all, you guys know what you do wrong. I mean, most people know what they need to do better. The top line of the, if you're drinking soda, you probably know that's not the best choice. But then the second tier is the stuff that you don't know that's really going to make the difference, right? That's really going to make the difference in how you feel and, and really how healthy you are. Yes. So... Michelle said that she got uh, hooked on the notion of fat-free, which was a big marketing ploy, if you will. Yeah. Boy. And now one of the newest ones that cracks me up now is gluten-free. Yeah. So now it's a whole new classification in business for these food manufacturers. They're putting gluten-free on products that never even had gluten. Exactly. Okay. 
And what the reason why I believe we have a gluten sensitivity in the way we do is much like sugar, they use it as a filler and an additive to process in plain foods where they need to fill it. They actually even use gluten in hamburger meat. Right. So I want you guys to be very wary of marketing messages like fat-free, sugar-free, gluten-free. Yeah, enriched, natural, all of those things. Exactly to your point, the gluten-free is one of my favorites too, because I do love that it's added to things that never had gluten. Yeah. Just because it's a buzzword. And we've been tricked into thinking that gluten-free automatically equals healthier, not at all the case. People are like, well, I don't want to eat gluten. I'm like, oh, you have a gluten sensitivity? They're like, no, but I know it's really bad for you. Like they don't even understand it. Exactly. So the thing that I tell people to do in the videos on OpenFit and in the book, Sugar Free 3, is basically ignore all the words on the front of the package. Just ignore them. Yes. Whether they're truthful, not truthful, whether they're skewing it, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Turn it over, look at the ingredients. And actually labeling laws are changing a bit now to make it easier. And added sugars are being listed under total car- carbohydrates now. But that compliance isn't going to be enforced for, I don't know, like another year or so. There's still more time before every single food company has to comply with that transparency. Yeah. So it's important to know the ingredients. It's important to spot the hidden sugars. It's important to ignore the marketing language. And even once all the labels are saying it, it's still good to know what you're putting in your body. So, you know, I have an organic food brand and I know how much work goes into an organic food brand, you know, all the way from the farmer. Okay. I mean, it's serious. We are all supporting each other for the greater goodness, you know, and it's, FDA organic food, you can't, you can't put organic on a, on a bag if it's not organic. I mean, they really do, they don't show up for that one, but people put like all natural, you know what I mean? On the front of a package. It's a way to sort of get around not being able to label it organic. Exactly. But yeah, to your point, it's like you want, there's tiers of choices. You want to be not making the worst choice. You want to, you know, keep building to better ones. It's tricky, but once you learn it, then it's second nature. Yes. And then you won't want to do anything else, really. Listen, we're quarantine was bad for most people in terms of their diet because one, they were stressed. Two, they had limited access to the grocery store and to fresh food. They were trying to buy foods that they could keep for a long period of time yes. and not go back to the grocery store. They were not moving as much. And when I say they, I mean we. <laughs> I mean I mean me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why Sugar Free 3 is, again, a reset for not only quarantine, but for you know, just some indulgent time or you fell off track. We're all human. And that's what happens. But it's, it's a great reset that you know, we've turned to. And once it becomes second nature to make better choices, then you can't unknow the information. You just then use it and implement it for you and your family and, you know, people around you. That's one of my favorite points that, you know, we just came to because an educated brain, then why am I making the choice? Why is it like that? Why do I want to do that? Nobody died from one cigarette. Okay. (laughs) So it's like years of pack after pack after pack. Like the human body is incredible and it's incredibly resilient and it wants you sometimes the greater good of what you feel like enjoying and partying and drinking too much is worth the hangover the next day because of what you've done for yourself socially. Right. 
But when we're when we're having Groundhog Day, like it's a it's a party every day, you know, you start to get into these habits that then become your lifestyle. Exactly. And and the other point I want to make is that you just reminded me of it is that the program Sugar Free Three is actually very liberal in terms of the variety of things you can eat, but also how much you can eat. There's no calorie counting and there's no portion control. And the reason there isn't is because I wanted people to focus on one thing or three things, right? Added sugars, artificial sweeteners, refined carbs, eliminating them. And I know once they start eating whole foods, they'll be more content and they'll self-regulate calories and portion because one, you'll be full for longer Calories won't be as much of an issue anyway, and and calorie counting's dumb anyway. Yeah, for the most part. So there aren't any of those guardians on the program. So it's actually very liberal, and of course the mindful indulgence. Yeah, I love it. But one of the things I want to leave with that I think are important because we both came out of the fashion industry. Let's talk a little bit about body image, weight loss, sugar. You know what we know about models, and you know healthy skinny versus skinny fat, and can we just, I'm going to like turn that over to you a little bit because yeah. I think this is something that has to be talked about. Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing to say is that we've come a long way as a society from when I was growing up. When I was growing up, I was obsessed with magazines. It's one of the reasons I wanted to be an editor, move to New York, be an editor. But it was a very, you know, it was an archetype of a cover model. She looked the same, you know, she was about the same size, tall, thin, usually white, et cetera, et cetera. In this last go around at Cosmo, so I had two stints at Cosmo. I had a very long stint as the executive editor, the number two. And then I went to do Yahoo Health and Women's Health Magazine. And then I came back as the editor-in-chief of Cosmo. And in that time, and I think there was maybe an eight-year gap between the two stints, Mm -hmm. there was a radical shift, I would say, in who was cover material. And it was much more representative of real women. Yeah. Of course, they're still celebrities. Of course, they're still beautiful. Of course, they're still cool and accomplished and all those things because they are a person we you know, want readers to look up to. But they are all shapes and sizes and colors. And as we know, we need to do more work on that front. I'm not in the decision-making role of who goes on a cover anymore or right yes. now and may never be again, depending, but it's changed for the better. It's more representative. It's more realistic. It's more sustainable. All that said, maybe hasn't gone all the way, but the flip side of what is essentially a great movement, the body positivity movement, The flip side of that is this notion and idea that, yes, you should accept yourself no matter what. That's a truth. However, mistreating yourself by, say, eating all the unhealthy things and getting to a size that is not healthy and that's different for people, depending on a lot of different factors, is not body positivity to Mm -hmm. me. It is just a mask for something else. Mm -hmm. And so everything has a spectrum. Body positivity has a spectrum of healthiness and unhealthiness. You can be thin and unhealthy. So it's not just about being too big. It's also about eating unhealthily and managing to stay small. It's those, none of those things are good. It's about 
treating your body with respect mm-hmm. and feeding it well and not obsessing about a few pounds here or there. You know, ethnicity and, you know, body type through, you know, ethnicity and our DNA and who we are as people, you know, are really important for us to understand. So the thing that we, Michelle and I are, you know, champions about and advocate is about healthy living. We want you to stack the odds in your favor for a long, happy, juicy, wonderful life. And that is not a number on a scale. That is not dictated by the size of your, of your waist. That is dictated about how you feel. And I know that I feel pretty good right now, but I really want to see, I've been on a journey, honestly, ever since I had my kids, you know, I just have a personal goal that like, I really want to see what I would look like at like what I think my true like BMI perfection would be because I'm 50. You're hitting on something I'd love to talk just a second about, which is the idea of weight loss. And weight loss has also been maligned, okay? So my second tour of duty at Cosmo, and this is true of most magazines now, probably the one I previously edited, Women's Health. It's definitely true of others like Self, et cetera. Self is now just digital, not print. Yeah, is that they have banned the word diet and they've banned weight loss and they've banned this and that. And and while I agree with the foundational premise of the ban and I know what drives it, I think the idea that in every case, weight loss is a bad idea is not good. Because one, if it is your personal goal to lose weight because you feel more energetic, more confident, healthier, whatever then that's your prerogative, as long as it's coming from a healthy place and not the comparison place or not wanting to be who you were in high school or whatever. This coronavirus, COVID pandemic has shown that people with metabolic disease, including diabetes, type 2 diabetes and obesity, have fared much worse with outcome than, say, people who are healthier and there's so many reasons for this, and we will not, we, can, we don't have time to get into all the inequities that inform why some people have these metabolic diseases and others don't. Right. But just as a point, mm-hmm. people who have them, regardless of age, fared much worse than people who don't have those diseases like obesity. So there is a time and a place for weight loss. There is a time and a place to do it, whether it's whether it's a vain pursuit because that's what you want and it's a goal and you're doing it from a, a healthy, physically healthy place, or whether it's for actual life-saving health, there yes. is a need for weight loss. And again, we go to a lot of extremes in this culture mm-hmm. where we malign things and the etiology of you know maligning weight loss was in the right place. You know, don't constantly be telling young women or anybody that they need to lose weight all the time and making them think they had to be a certain size, yeah. but also that it, weight loss is a tool for getting healthier for some people. And there is a time for that. So, you know, sugar-free three, like it is far from a weight loss book right. because- your health is going to improve by every metric. Yes. But chances are, if you have excess weight, it's an added benefit. 
guys. I'm Caitlin Carter, host of the Bright Side Podcast. I created this show as a space for people who have had an impact in my life to further inspire others through their stories, their honesty, their kindness, and optimism. Each week, I'll be sitting down with inspiring friends, new and old, who have meaningful conversations centered around our own experiences with complete transparency and authenticity. We will discuss how we face challenging moments, adjust perspective, and reframe situations to find the silver lining. I personally believe that there is a bright side to every situation, and I'm excited to have this platform to encourage that way of thinking and share this message with you all. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, so come join me and start your week on the bright side. The bottom line is is that when you start to really use food as your fuel, use food as your medicine, and then of course enjoy it socially and as an extra and you start to look at it that way and change the relationship you have with food and change the relationship you have with the marketers and what you believe them telling you and start to really get back inside into your own gut, part of the pun, only good things are going to happen. And that's really what it's all about. So I am so excited. I, I'm going to just say that this was one of my favorite podcasts because it's a personal, uh, you know, journey of mine to also help educate people on reading labels, understanding what they're eating, and stopping, obviously, like you said, uh, obsessing over a pound here or there. Know that your light comes with you when you enter a room, no matter what your size, shape, color, creed, you know what I mean, sex is. It's what you do and how you enlighten and engage the world, okay? And then everything else comes secondary. So you, we want you to be happy first. We want you to feel good about yourself and we want you to be happy and everything else really comes into play from that. And that's what Sugar 3 was about for Michelle. And she said one of the things that I love for my friend Petra Colbert, who she taught me that we teach what we need to learn. So she wrote this book for herself very selfish motivation. Totally. But you all benefit from that wonderful selfishness. So before we go, freedom is an important word to me. I talk about it a lot and finding our freedoms. And so let's talk about what finding your freedom is like when it comes to Miss Michelle. Yeah. I mean, it's really not being controlled by something external yes. and more letting your inner compass guide the direction that you're moving in. And that's in a relationship, in your food choices, in your career, in everything. Just sort of letting, get tuning in and actually allowing that inner voice and inner compass, which is an, in, you know, an informed place too, right? It's taken yes. in a lot of information and it sort of knows more than maybe your you know, mind knows sometimes, your heart and your gut. And just leading from that place. And that's Freedom to me is making empowered choices and doing the work to become empowered. You know, whether that's educating yourself, researching, surrounding yourself with good, positive people, being on that journey, knowing we're constant works in progress. I don't think we ever stop that journey ever, 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 um, but should be enjoying it and embracing it along the way and not sort of focused on one end point. That's right. Oh my God, that's beautiful. And it leads me to one last thing is, is that, the food isn't going to make you happy. The relationship isn't going to make you happy. The man, the woman, you know, the job, you have to find it. All those things can add to your happiness, yeah. but they are never, ever the cause of your happiness. It has to be what you find, where you find peace, where you find joy, where you can feel good and healthy about yourself. That's really what it's about. So 
I just love that. I love, love, love that. Thank you so much for being here with me and sharing this. And thank you for writing an, another important book. And I'm happy to come back anytime and talk with you about all the things. I'm having you back. Welcome to Hollaback. This is the part of my podcast where I answer all of your questions. My next question is from Alyssa May Ott. And Alyssa asks, I'm re-watching the show and seeing you talk about your son really touched my heart. I hope he's doing well in these scary times. Prayers for good health for you and your family. I do want to say I appreciate so much that our time on The Real Housewives of New York was able to bring connections with Jax and, and, and Jonathan and, and Ella and my family and me and our struggles. And bringing them to the forefront, I thought was so important for the platform because, well, yes, a lot of people tune into The Real Housewives of New York to tune out of their own life and watch all the antics and the craziness. My goal while I was on the show was to connect with people. And I remember feeling at one point when Jax was sick, I, I remember feeling very alone. And I knew if I shared my story that I would connect with people and maybe for a minute they wouldn't feel so alone. And that's what bringing our, our story to the forefront and keeping the conversation going about, you know, the struggles that we have with our children, with our and with anybody who's sick or going through scary times. So I'm so happy about that. And just as an update, Jack's just turned 16 years old. He just passed his permit test. He's in driver's ed and we're, you know, he's a great driver. I've been teaching him to drive for a long time now. And he's healthy and he's strong and he's rock solid and he's loving boxing and he's doing a lot of boxing and he, he's really focused on uh, his body and keeping his body healthy and he watches what he eats and he cares about what he puts in his body and he's ready to rock it for ski season. So thank you. He's 16 and doing well. In My Heart is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson, Karen Silverstein, and Heather Thompson. The show is edited by Maureen Vigas. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Heather T. See you next week. <laughs>